0: With us today, or if you missed last Sunday, shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we are starting a series. We started off the first of the year, a series called United We Love, and you're gonna hear this term a whole lot around Lover's Lane. And our goal is that you don't just hear it around Lover's Lane, but you're gonna hear it citywide all over. You're gonna hear the term United We Love. So, we thought a great way to kick that off is to do a sermon series about it united we love it pretty much speaks for itself doesn't it not separated we're going to love on each other or love the people we want to love or love the people that are easy to love or love the people that make sense because they're like me united we're going to love everybody so it's kind of the next level. It's, what I tell everybody is it's, we, we, our, our mission statement here at Lovers Lane is loving all people into relationship with Jesus. Well, now it's putting hands and feet to what that means. And that's uniting together and loving one another. What does that mean and how did God show that through the scripture? And I am loving because some of my favorite stories I'm, I'm getting to preach on and I, I love it. Last week we talked about Ruth. And this week, we're going to talk about the centurion and the servant. Anybody know about that story? There you go. There you go. I like it. She's like, I'm there. I'm feeling it. Yep. We're looking at stories in the Bible that shows us examples of loving all, and this is one of those stories. And so I want you to, before I read this scripture, I want you to see what a centurion looks like so you can get a visual of this in your mind. Um, look at that. Hello. Centurion, literally, what that meant. Now, when I begin to read this, I want you to know that this is the guy that we are talking about. Now, I don't know if it's really this guy, but he looked like this. You got to wonder who designed that? That's a look. That's a look, but they were a big deal. A centurion took care of 100 people. 80 of those people were an army. About 20 of those were servants. And so he was in charge of this army. He was a big deal. So that's what makes this story so interesting as we dive into it today. So I'm going to read... From the, the version of this, it's in Matthew. There's a version in Luke as well. But I'm going to read from the Matthew version. When Jesus went to Capernaum, a centurion approached. That's one of those guys. Pleading with him, Lord, my servant is flat on his back at home. Paralyzed and he is suffering is awful. Jesus responded, I'll come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. I'm a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this. And the servant does it. When Jesus heard this, he was impressed and he said to the people, follow him. I say to you with all seriousness that that even in Israel, I haven't found faith like this. Uh oh, we're going to come back to that. I say to you that there are many who will come from the east and the west and sit down to eat with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness. People there will be weeping and grinding of their teeth. Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done. For you, just as you have believed, and his servant was healed that very moment. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I love so many aspects of the story, but I'm going to hit on three points of the story today. And the first one that I want to hit with you is When you're wondering what I posted about what does grandma and a centurion have in common. It's because God will use someone to advocate for you. Whether you know it or not. God is going to use someone to advocate for you. Now when I think about that a lot of times maybe for some of you that was a grandmother. Maybe that was a mother or an aunt or an uncle or a friend. But some of you can sit here and immediately there was a person that went to your mind and you thought, there is no doubt that I am sitting in this chair and I got up today and walked in here whether I wanted to or not because somebody's been advocating for me. I'm standing in my life today. I am who I am today because someone, and you know who that person is, has been advocating for me. Here's the cool part because in many of Jesus' miraculous healings, The afflicted person spoke directly to Jesus. And so this story we know is a little bit different because the person that was sick never spoke to Jesus because someone advocated for him. The person that was sick didn't have to say a word. Think about that for a minute. Because why? Again, someone was advocating for him God will use the craziest of people and sometimes it's not even grandma which that would make sense sometimes it's that person you don't even know that well maybe that that works right next to you or maybe it's someone that just listens to the Holy Spirit enough that they walked right by you and all of a sudden they just felt the presence of the Lord say hey I need to lift them up I need to pray for them When the Holy Spirit speaks to you don't argue. You begin to lift that person up and you begin to say, Lord, whatever's going on, I don't even need to know what it is, but something is going on in their life and I am lifting them up. It's a thing, right? For me. I was sitting there and I was thinking about who in my life has advocated for me. And, guys, the list got long. Because Jeff said, honey, I think this would be a really good time to tell a story. And there were a couple of things. and And I'm like, I could sit here, guys, and tell you a million stories. That the only reason I'm standing here today is because of people who advocated for my life. People that I didn't even know. And people that I thought, there's no way that person would pray for me. And they did. How was I that person that God laid on their heart and why? Didn't really matter. God did and so they listened. From my mom to my aunt to my uncle. But I had an aunt that I have to tell you was my heart and my soul was my aunt. I'm I'm actually her namesake. And when I was about five years old, my aunt Reen, she, uh, they discovered had cancer and it was a lymphomic cancer. And back then, it was, there wasn't anything to do but old school chemo. So... Every other week, my aunt would go in for chemo, and of course she had lost all of her hair. And um, we had a blast, though, learning how to put on fake eyelashes when I was little and how to put a wig on, and this is not a wig, so don't say that. But I learned how to do all kinds of things by watching my aunt because it was a thing she had to do every week, every day, to walk out the door. And she kept a full-time job. But I remember one night sitting and praying and she and I would say our prayers because I I would get to go stay with her on the weekends that um, she didn't have chemo and my mom and my dad were traveling. So I always got to go over and stay with Aunt Reen. And she was so sweet because I had my own room and she would literally, didn't matter how she was feeling, she would get on her knees and she would literally get on her knees right next to me. So that when she was on her knees, her sweet little face was right there at mine. And she'd say, All right, baby girl, what are we going to pray about tonight? And I'd be like, Aunt Ring, I don't want you to die. And she would be like, Well, why not? I'm like, Because I would miss you so much. And she said, Well, But if I get to be with Jesus, isn't that worth it? And she said, but God's not there yet. We're not there yet. So we would pray. And we would do all the things for me that we would do. And she would say. And then all of a sudden, she would start praying over my life. I had no concept as a little girl what was happening in that moment. But right there by my bedside, she would begin to pray over my life in a strong and mighty way. That God would lead me, that God would protect me, that God would give me wisdom, that I would know when the paths came to two crossings, which way I would go. I'm thankful for that person who advocated for my life. And the thing that I loved about her is the next point is her faith. Just strong faith. And what I believe in this story is that strong faith matters. And some of you go, oh, she just left me out of this story. But I want you to know I didn't. Because sometimes strong faith is the only amount of faith you can muster up. Literally. That's strong faith. To where if you have to reach down to the bottom of your toenails, to the top of your head, and that's all you've got left, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. But what is interesting about this story is that there was something about Jesus' amazement that is really important for us to understand. Jesus was pointing out the sad truth that the centurion who had grown up in a pagan culture that had more faith than the learned Pharisees that had gone through school and formal education Hey, Jesus noticed. They say that a man with an education is at the mercy of a man with experience. Sometimes it's not about what you know right here. Sometimes it's about what you know right there. Because when you look at it, it looks sad, it feels sad, it sounds sad, and everyone around you is telling you it's sad. And Jesus says, I got this. I got this. And that centurion, who is supposed to be the person that doesn't believe that, seems to be the one that believes it more than anyone. I got this. It's the people we least expect. What I also love is that his faith was so strong that he knew he did not have to be in the same room with this servant to heal this servant. Think about that. I love because, right, because of that faith, that's the reason this story twisted a little bit. Because Jesus said, Let's go, I'll go healing. I'll go heal him. And the centurion said, no, 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 wait a minute. I don't even think I'm worthy enough for you to come into my home. Well, a centurion is saying you're not worthy to come into my home. But his faith was so strong that he says this. He says, I know that you can heal by just saying it. You don't have to come to my house. Jesus was impressed because all of a sudden the story changed. Jesus went, okay, done, done. He didn't have to go to the house. It's done. Strong faith matters, matters. When it's all you've got, it's enough. You just got to get a little bit. And here's the last thing I want you to understand in this. Jesus is for everyone. He was for the servant he was for the centurion Jesus is for everyone that man that he knew a man very much like that was going to make sure he died on a cross when I stopped in the story and I thought about that for a minute I was like I'm not sure I could have done that a man that looked very much like that is what was going to lead him down the Via De La Rosa with a cross on his back. It didn't matter. Jesus didn't see that. Jesus saw his faith. Jesus saw that he was advocating for someone he loved and that someone he cared about. Jesus didn't look at the circumstance. Jesus looked at what needed to happen and he fixed it. And he didn't care who it was, he will do it for everyone. And here's the cool part there's nothing you got to do to earn it, there's nothing you've got to do that says, Okay, now I will fix this for you. Jesus says, I love everyone, and what I do, I'm gonna do for everyone. Everyone is worth God's love the centurion, the slave. The rich, the poor, the powerful, the powerless. So as I close, three questions. Who are you being an advocate for? Who are you being an advocate for? Who needs... Your faith right now. Who needs your faith right now? And some of you are like, ooh, ain't nobody need the little bit of faith I got. But remember, it doesn't take but just a little bit. And what I find for myself is that sometimes it's way easier for me to have faith for someone else than it is for me to have it for myself. Don't know why that's the case. But it is. I can believe all day for you, but when I get down on my knees and ask God for something, I'm like, oh, it's going to be the last on the checklist. I know that's not true. Who do you know doesn't believe they are worthy of God's love and needs you to stand in the gap for them right now? me ask that again who do you know doesn't believe they are worthy of God's love and needs you to stand in the gap for them right now God is always going to use someone to advocate for you that strong faith is going to matter and you know why it's going to matter because God is for everyone So who are you being an advocate for? Who needs your faith? And who do you know doesn't believe they're worthy? Guys, I don't know about you, but when I wrote that out, sometimes I feel like I'm that person. I don't know that I'm worthy, but I'm worthy because of the price and the cost that he paid for that worthy. And he didn't do that just for me. He did that for you too and there's nothing you can do about it. It's true. You can run. You can try to hide. But you won't get very far. You are worthy. But who do you know needs to hear that? Father, I thank you That when we begin to advocate for one another, when we begin to believe for one another, when we begin to lift each other up and we unite together in love God, we know that we can change this world. And the story changes. Because God, we know that all you have to do is speak and the mountains move the situations begin to crumble hearts are changed bodies are healed relationships are mended Father, we thank you. We give you glory in this place and we give you honor. And Father, all the questions that (laughs) that we wonder and that we ask and the things we don't understand, thank you, God, that there is always someone fighting for us, standing for us believing in us. Father, we thank you and we praise you in your precious name.